Hello, hello, good afternoon, good after morning, everyone. This is your host, Vic Swole, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Swole World. This one's titled Old Business, and you already know what I'm about to get into. But first and foremost, I have to say, please rest in power, rest comfortably, rest, rest well to the queen, to the incomparable Miss Betty White. You will forever be missed. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for being a friend. I, the quips and the jokes are everlasting and they are so near and dear to my heart. And I am just looking forward to carrying your legacy for generations and telling others about you and my children included. So thank you so much to her. And we wish nothing but peace and uh, comfort towards their family that's going through this time of bereavement. And uh, just know that your thoughts and prayers and everything in between are with us and for you. Um, but now, let's get into it. I thank you all for joining me tonight. Uh, pretty much, you know, the last day, 2021, we have made it. Man, it's been a struggle, but we are finally here. This is 365 of 365. I'm excited to start this new year with you guys. I'm excited to learn, grow, and change, and just apply that to life. But let's get into it. Um, so for those who do not know, uh, I was signed with uh, All Elite Wrestling uh, from 2019 uh, all the way up until uh, this past November of 2021. Uh, I'll tell you that right before uh, signing on, uh, I was really, really sick and I had this thing called the nightmare virus. But uh, getting ready for something that I didn't know was possible, which was the Battle Royal that year of 2019. Um, I, when I tell you, we had a blast like putting that together. Like it was fun just to see all the women together and from different backgrounds, and we were just like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe, you know, as they were saying back then, an alternative. There's an alternative. There's something else. There's something new. Um, so I will say that, uh, <laughs> in the middle of the battle Royal, um, it's, 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 it's Nyla and I were the, were the last, uh, two of my, or like were the two last two of the segment, you know, to have our little thing together. And in the middle of me doing my moves, I'm like, Oh my God, are they chanting my, they're chanting for me. And Nyla goes, yeah, girl, they're chanting for you. And then I turn and just hit the flatliner. And like, I want to laugh so bad, but we're like, we have a second of like a cackle before, you know, you get back up, look at your face, you know, you face the, the camera's looking at you and you're like, okay, I gotta turn it back on. But just that little moment, I just, Nyla and I were already really good friends, but I was like, oh, this is about to be a breeze. And that same night, as, as crazy as it was, a legend like came up to me uh, that was in the back and he was like, He's like, you know, you just really remind me of Jazz. Now, mind you, of course, Jazz is in, she's in the actual Battle Royal too. So, so he's just like, man, you just, he's like your mannerism. He's like, I can, I can see it. You're like a new Jazz, like the next Jazz. And he's saying this and Jazz is actually walking up and he's like, right, right, Jazz. And he explains what he just said. And then she's like, yeah, she's like, Swole was fucking dope. She's so cool. And I'm like, not trying to fangirl, but on the inside, I'm just like. This is unbelievable. I can't believe I'm in this this area, this 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 realm, and I'm getting the approval of someone that I watched growing up. Um, 
but that was bit that was kind of like the i guess the thing that just always happened to me like it just there was always something spectacular happening um like when i had a match against Sheeta, uh it was in charlotte and i wasn't signed at the time still uh but i was an opener for the entire show and uh they were like okay got to get that crowd hot you know for the for dynamite to start and I was nervous, but also because I was in Charlotte. And for those who don't know, I was uh, trained in Charlotte under uh, Mr. George South, Mr. Number One George South, um, at High Spots in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, for the longest time, like I couldn't necessarily get booked in that area because you know women's wrestling wasn't necessarily that prevalent uh, in that area. At least they didn't promoters didn't want it to be. But just to have this match in front of the naysayers who were now, you know, team swole, they're on a team, you know, the swole bandwagon, but just to do that in front of my, my peoples, first of all, and also the people who was against me a hundred percent of the way, uh, just to show out in front of them was just amazing. Like it brought it back to, um, Psalms 23, five, like you will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Like that's, that's how I felt, especially since Arn was on commentary just so happened that Arn Anderson was on commentary for this one match. And it was, you talking about a serendipitous moment. It was, it was larger than life. And afterwards, after the, after the match is over, you know, people are chanting, this is awesome. And it's just, it was just a great moment. I get backstage and I see this light and I'm like, Oh, let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. Cause I know they're filming and everything. They've been filming things backstage all day. And lo and behold, the light is, for me. And then Kenny, of course, he offers uh, the contract after he's like, oh, you know, we need somebody like you. We don't have anybody like you. Um, he says all these nice things. And then he offers a contract. And of course, I said, of course, yeah, of course, I want to be a part of this. And what made it even more, I guess, precious was that this was all in front of, um, let me make sure I get my name right, Adam Page. <laughs> um, he I've watched Adam Page uh, wrestle my husband, then boyfriend, Cedric Alexander, for years in Charlotte and in Virginia, like up and down the Mid-Atlantic. And seeing him going from like this country tractor, you know, Adam Page only wearing green and, and <laughs> red to now like this huge superstar. And I'm getting this my first contract offer in Charlotte, in front of my peoples, with Arn Anderson on the commentary, and Adam, who's been there for my career from the beginning to now, it just, it felt so good, it felt so right, uh, it felt like exactly what I was preparing myself for, um, so it was, it was perfect, like, I, I couldn't have picked a better day, a better spot, a better time, like, the only thing that would have made it even better was to have, like, you know, my immediately fam immediate family there. Uh, moving on, it, it it's kind of like a Cinderella whirlwind romance almost. Like <laughs> it just felt like I was the bell of the ball in a sense. And even leading up to my first dynamite match, uh, that was quite an experience because uh, this is the first time I've ever had to work with anybody, and there was a language barrier, of course, with Emmy and. I just knew that we were going to go over on time. Like I felt it. I was like, look, we're going to go over on time or maybe, Hey, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. It's not necessarily 
my match this is my coming out match but it was just I don't know I kind of felt like defeated almost after the match um at least until I got pulled to the side by a different different legend and he gave me this huge hey you're AEW star you know you pick your head up you know um I don't care who you're going up against you're the star in this and it just it kind of just even more solidified that, hey, this is a place I need to be in order for me to grow into whatever it is that I need to grow into. Uh, because people that know me know that I'm, I'm vocal, you know. <laughs> There's something wrong, I'm totally going to say. I'm going to speak up for it. But it's just in those instances where you don't want to, you know, you don't want to necessarily get into the politics of it, but you don't want to seem like an asshat when you're telling somebody who's been in this business so many X amount of years that, Hey, maybe this is, maybe this should be this way. Maybe this should be this way. Um, but that kind of actually really went out the window really quick after that conversation. Um, <laughs> I had because well, look, people, people will tell you that if there was something wrong within the match, I was quick to say it. Like I even had instances where I've had to like, tell uh Kenny because I remember we had this huge match I think it was myself Shanna um oh man who was it Yuka and Sheeta and it was a main event of Dynamite at least the main event match of Dynamite and I was like Kenny this don't make no sense <laughs> now I know the psychology is different when you're like in your Japan versus when you're here but I was like I don't think this I don't think that makes sense for this placement and uh I remember the look he gave me like what but it ended up being changed anyway because he was like oh yeah okay I see I see I see it's just you know you had to like say things a couple times because when I tell you they was running Kenny Ragged bro these people had so many things to do I didn't know how they kept it all together like you you're wrestling and you're over the women's division and like you have your own EVP things that you have to do you know it's just a lot. And then, you know, add it on with like young bucks and them having a family and all that other stuff. It's just, it was, it was insane. But, um, yeah, my first match was so, so I still had a lot of fun and I loved like the little spots in between and the, um, the, her doing the Freddie, the Freddie Merc and me doing the, the James Brown and stuff like that was too much fun. Like, life on the road in general with AW was a lot of fun. When I tell you that TK is one of the most generous people I've ever met in my life, like we would go out and he would like, and I mind you, this is nothing to him. This is pennies, pennies on the peso. Okay. Like he's just going out and okay, look, I'm going to take this restaurant for tonight. Okay. Look, y'all, everybody else get out of here. You know, me and my peeps, we in here, like all the drinks, all the food. And you know me, I like to eat. So I was grubbing every single week the dude was taking us out like doing all this stuff like just he's all around super super nice guy like one of my favorite favorite memories of like life on the road in general was we went to Dallas now I didn't think it was going to be that much of a special night until until we was going out and then I looked through the windows and I'm like okay all right, I see, I see Warlow and all that stuff. They're like playing pool and everything. And then we go to Voodoo Donuts. And you guys know I love food. I, man, 
I bought so many donuts. I just and I was just eating them, going up and down the street like like a fat ass. Like I was by the end of the night, I was like the marshmallow puff off of like Ghostbusters because I was eating the hell out of them donuts. And <laughs> we end up going to this club where we all squoze squoze our bodies into <laughs> this photo booth. And just took the most ridiculous photos we could, we could. People like lift, you know, lifting up shirts, flexing and stuff, and it it was crazy. There was also like this bull there that you can ride, and I wasn't, I you know, I wasn't gonna do that. I was just in there for the drinks and the donuts, okay. <laughs> but then Nyla, who gets me in trouble most of the time, ninety nine point nine percent of the time that I got in trouble or something has happened or some little freaky stuff has happened. It's most likely going to be her fault. Okay. And let me tell you why. Because she puts her money, gives her money to the attendant for the book. She's like, okay, okay, I'm going to ride, ride, ride. I was like, okay, go ahead, girl. You you do your damn thing. She gets up there and, you know, she, she kills it and everything, you know, in her own goofy way. When, when Okay, never mind. I'm lying, y'all. Okay, she was up there for about like two, three seconds and <laughs> fell. Like she busted her shit. <laughs> and then she comes and tells me she's like okay so your turn and I was like excuse me she's like um I pay for you to get to get the bull to get on the bull and I was like you know you know I don't like it when folks spend money and then I don't want to waste nobody money because I don't like wasting money I don't, I'm frugal as hell I don't care how I don't care if I'm a multi-millionaire tomorrow I'm frugal anyway <laughs> so I'm like you know what I'm not gonna waste this little girl five dollars so I get up there and I mean, I kill it, you know, I got everybody shouting and stuff for me and everything like that. And, and then all of a sudden I hear Sky go, yeah, ride it like it's Cedric, do it. And it's just like this pervert voice and it distracts the hell out of me. And I'm like, oh, and next thing you know, bam, I fall over and take like the wildest bump. And I was just laughing at me. She's like, that's what you get for laughing at me. And I'm like, it's not my fault. Because guy over here, uh, he's over here distracting me. And then we ended up leaving that place and going to do karaoke. And Sonny and I proceed to do the full dance of If by Janet Jackson. It was a performance of a lifetime. Like everybody was in there rooting for us and stuff like cheering for us. And we killed it. And we, we was a mess. I mean, I was a mess because, you know, I was drinking. Sonny don't drink. So... I mean, I'm pretty sure my steps was as good as Sunny, but I'm glad that no one got it on tape. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Life on the Road was a, a, a lot of fun. Like, we we joined a lot of bonds together. Like, things were good. I didn't even think that things could get better. At least until, um, of course, we started, like, rocking with Daly's Place. Uh, now, before that, I remember being approached and being asked oh who would you who would you want to work with and you know I gave a list of people and of course uh, I said Brittany and they were like okay well, you know what you know what we might can work that work make, well, make that work and that's kind of sort of how that got started is uh AEW was pretty lax about okay wait, who do you want to do what do you want to do is very like you have creative freedom in a sense to at least pitch your own ideas and uh, come up with your own like storylines. So that's how Brittany 
and I started with that and that that was amazing because they just let me do me like they told us like the gist of what the story was going to be about but they just let me fly off the handle with my promos and kind of just say whatever I wanted so and most of so most of the stuff that you did hear me say was kind of just on the fly and it was it was magic in all in all honesty like uh how I feel it was almost like the start of being being a catalyst in a sense because I'm like okay when you need somebody to switch Brittany over from face to heel hey I'm there I did my job you know like it was it was it was pretty awesome at least you know at least until the tooth and nail match I'll get into that later but um but rocking at Daly's place now that that was the best time ever in AW and being in the crowd was the best part. I know sometimes people like to say that, Oh, they have to do it. They have to do it. But it was a, honestly, it was a joy for me because if, if I wasn't like in there, like being all loud and everything, like I'm, I'm like, look, I turned off to my wrestling brain and I was like, look, I'm a fan. I'm going to yell. I'm going to scream. You know, I'm going to do exactly what needs to be done. Uh, and also dance with Sonny. Which is probably why <laughs> they moved us. Like Sonny had to sit down a little bit further down, and I had to sit towards the middle because we would always be dancing in the middle and like starting little, like uh, what was it? It wasn't a conga line. I can't remember exactly what we started, but man, when I tell you we had fun uh, between that and also yelling at the heels um, from across the way. I would definitely yell that I'm going to kill you to like Nyla, Diamante, Serpentico. Serpentico was just on site, in all honesty, like even backstage. It, we got nothing but love for each other on the low low with John and I. But Serpentico can kick, can kick rocks. He can kick freaking rocks. I hope all the bad things in life happen to him and only him. Hate, 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 hate. That's that's the hate that we have it's it's definitely definitely on site um <laughs> and well, who else is it on site it was on site i always squared up to like brody and and lance because everybody else their their you know initiative you know their their thing was they were like oh let's get away from less scary i'm like no i ain't scaring from nobody i can beat them down i told them all the time like look listen all I got to do is attack your legs, okay? You big and tall. Your knees are not as good as you think they are. Bruh, one side kick is all it's going to take, and they're going to crumble down like Humpty Dumpty, okay? Listen, well, we would uh, literally always square up. Like, Lance and I would always, like, have secret pictures, like, take secret pictures and videos, like, if the person wasn't looking or whatever. Like, I'd be all the way at the top, and I'd take a picture of him just doing something that probably he ain't supposed to be doing. And then I'd send it to him like, ha, caught you. And he'll, he'll like scare me in between the halls. So like that or or chase me down with a damn golf cart and try to ruin my food, which I did not drop a single bit of my food while I was hauling ass away from him while he tried to commit, you know, tried to hit murder on me. Um, <laughs> well, between that and and everything else backstage at Daly's, it was it was a lot of fun. Like. Uh, actually, you know what? My favorite, my favorite memory is my introduction to Brody was I literally walked up to him and I said, Hey, 
what's up with all these? What's up with you guys calling each other the uh, dark order? You know, when there's, and I look left or right <laughs> and I made them come down and I was like, with all these whites in it. <laughs> and he busted out laughing yo it came from a deep place he was like i know right that's what i'm saying he's like i've been trying to tell him to get a little dark up in here you know what i mean look a little little black woman and he's like you trying to join so every week when he saw me he's like hey you trying to you trying to join i was like yeah man i'm trying to get in because you know y'all need a little seasoning up in here (laughs) so that was like our running joke whenever we saw each other was it's the invite to the dark order like it was just Everything was just so lax. Everything was just so carefree. When they say it was a family backstage, it it really it really was. Like it was it was nice. Now it had its moments, you know, like everything else. Um especially like dealing with the like our tooth and nail match. I remember we had to redo the graphic because the graphic looked it looked it looked too feminine. Now, I guess to explain this is like, like we know this is a ladies' match, but come on, what what is that? So they, we ended up having it changed, um, and I remember filming it, and we were we were all really excited about about filming it, but no one had like a a set. Okay, hey, this is everything that we're gonna do. Kenny had like a okay, this is phase one, phase two, phase three. Uh, but never necessarily, okay, hey, this is this is how this is going to be laid out, laid out. Uh, so we was kind of just filming as we went. Hell, it got to the point where we got to the last part and I was like, Kenny, we haven't done any wrestling. What's, what's up with that? Now, I mean, we couldn't do a whole bunch um, in all because, uh, I, I mean, I believe she was cleared. Yeah, yeah she was cleared, but like it was still like shaky, like, Hey, no in ring type stuff. So I was like, look, we got to do something. We got to do something. So I remember us sitting and waiting and Kenny and I would talk about the, the match and we're like, what can we do to go forward? And I remember we had a powwow and then we filmed the rest. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> I don't I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I was excited to see it. I was just like, I wish we could have done more because hell we were supposed to even do like a the blood and guts we were supposed to have a blood and guts match um because i remember Brittany wanting to to have some color like she was all about that and i remember the day of it all out um i remember watching it like in gorilla with everybody else and everything um i just yeah because Brittany and i didn't watch it together but um i remember watching it and i was like hey for what it was boom there it is and honestly it was it was after that where everything kind of like just started to go a little iffy like my crone started to flare up even worse um even though i had like all these favorite moments i had even like worse moments you know there's a yin there's there's definitely going to be a yang um i remember i started wearing like the blm on my uh, on my armband, and I, when I tell you the the crap that came with that, like the true, I guess the true colors also that came with that, like receiving death threats from fans, uh, being called you know the hard n word from fans, 
Like, and these are same fans who are, con- you know, congratulating me and telling me that, oh, we wish you well, Big Swole and everything. But also in 2020, you guys were cursing me out my name. Like, it's, I guess I have a love-hate relationship with Daily Place for, for that, for those moments. Um, but I'm definitely grateful for people like Vicky Guerrero, who was there for me, like during those times, who actually uplifted me and um and like my friends like Diamante and stuff and like Kiara um Red just just there just being there for me during those times um but I feel like even though I was going through the health issues health issues and going through all that racial tension stuff um what kept me what kept me going is my belief in the in the division, and that is something that the higher ups kind of saw in me. There's no kind of they they really truly did see in me. So um, there was a a void kind of in the division, you know, because we didn't really know what was going on. You know, Kenny was in the process of doing everything he had to be doing. So we're like, okay, who's running the division? Everyone's going to separate people. There's, there's different stories like flopping everywhere. And, uh, during this time, Kia Kong was, uh, gone, uh, filming. So we didn't have anybody necessarily over the division. And I remember being outside, uh, and being approached by, it was TK and, and, uh, Matt Hardy and we were in a circle and them going, hey, we want you to be the sheriff for the for the women's division. And I was like, OK, all right. So that's kind of like where the nickname, the Swolees came from. So every time I'd come around, you know, people were like, oh, shit, it's the fuck Swolees. So anything that came awry that needed to be handled, I, I was on it. And I guess that's just probably why people in the back call me Mama Swole. Those are some of the ladies call me Mama Swole because they were like, OK. If we need something taken care of, then Mama Swole is definitely going to be on it. And honestly, that's that's a, yeah, that's pretty much what kept me going is that I believed in this division like it was nobody's business. Like I, we had so much. Honestly, just so much crap. Like I, I couldn't believe that we were honestly keeping it together because it was just chaos in a sense of no one knows what they're doing you know when no one knows what they're doing they're just doing stuff for the sake of doing stuff that's just going to get tired out really quickly so uh we would have these we would have these meetings and we would uh, start up training and stuff to try to at least you know get some clarity about what exactly is happening uh i would have meetings uh with different higher ups to try to figure out what can we do like i was like hey we can do a camp you know, to better the women's division. Um, you know, we can have Jazz come in. We can have George South. We can do with Dustin and Cody at the, you know, in Georgia or in Texas and just get the ladies together. And let's just, let's just get this camaraderie together because if we're only seeing each other once a week and training is not mandatory, like how am I, how am I supposed to like get that chemistry? We're supposed to, we need to work on that. And, you know, and especially since, like, yeah, we talk to each other in the locker room, you know, and everybody has like their own little cliques and everything like that. But we need chemistry. It's not like we were working these ladies on the indies, you know, like 
we weren't, we weren't out there, you know, shooting in the gym together type of thing. Um, so kind of, that's where my head was leading into 2021 was just being, being a leader, trying, trying to do something, trying to help, trying to, uh, sit at the, you know, the table where you can actually, you know, press the little buttons with the headset and everything, like trying to help people with matches. And this is, and it wasn't just me, the, some of the ladies were really putting forth some effort to better the division com- like completely because you can tell that they just cared, you know, they were, they were working their ass off like, like Abaddon. Abaddon worked her ass off because it, like, I really don't hope that she doesn't mind me sharing this, but like she, when I remember when she came in and I remember how emotional she would get when she couldn't get something in training to see her blossom to like this confident woman who she, when she does things in the ring, you can see the intent. You can, you can see her coming into her character. Like when I tell you, I'm so proud of her. Like she is wonderful. I cannot sing her praises enough. Um, yeah, she, she was amazing. Like I wish I could have had a storyline with her. Um, in all honesty, I wish the storyline that when we were having this five on five, I'm not, I don't know if anybody remember it, but it was like Jade and Nyla and the Diamante and Ivelisse. And I think they were going to get one more versus like five of like our people, which led to, it was myself and Serena versus Ivelisse and Diamante. It was like my last dynamite. Yeah. It was December 16th. Yep. My last dot, my last dynamite. And I was looking Man, I was looking forward to this storyline because it was something that Nyla wrote and, you know, I felt like they were finally starting to listen and say, okay, hey, let's put some more women on TV or at least let's get these storylines together so that they will see it and want to put it on TV. You know, let's just show that we can also come up with things as as well as the men can. Um, But it just kind of just fell through and it fell through twice because I remember us starting it and then stopping it. And then starting again and then stopping it. And that that was kind of like the life of trying to get something going with the women's division. Um, a lot of starts and stops and only one person at a time. Um, at least until uh, I came up with the uh, the Swole versus uh, Diamante. Uh, whole entire setup, I guess. Uh, I just kind of just got tired of the women not having anything. I remember them saying, oh, swole, you got to try to keep the peace, try to keep the peace. And I'm like, look, these women are aggravated. We're aggravated. We're tired. Okay. Like we want to be on TV. We want to, you know, we want to get better. We want to have chemistry, all these things that we want, but we're not getting. So I remember sitting down with the angle and look, why don't we, you and I just start this. I was like, well, you and I can have something and it could be a six-week program and we can pitch it so it can be on dark and maybe have a a fun finale on like you know on the new show this we was calling the new show and um she's like yeah okay let's do it so i wrote it out and gave it to the proper um authorities and they take a greenlit like literally like after my uh rankings promo when i did, did that whole entire like I'm coming for gold type of thing. And 
we just kind of beelined into the storyline. We planned it out, um, even got it to the point where we extended it even more weeks so that we can get more women in the storyline. And that's when um, I teamed up with Julia two time and, and Diamante team, teamed up with uh, Nyla just to get more women. And when I tell you that once we started filming this stuff, it was a resounding notion in the back with the women that this should be on TV. And I got a lot of different thanks because they were like, finally, like something is like a story is being done, not just one-off shoots or, Hey, I'm wrestling this random person. That's probably not going to come back to dark or elevation anytime soon. Like there was actually something being done between two signed individuals. Um, and honestly, that, that, that was the, that was the best storyline or I guess part was to be able to work with someone who I respected and who I had an actual like love for. And, and also it felt refreshing to have someone where I didn't have to pull back because what's, what people won't tell you is that you have all these dark matches with people that, you know, you don't know. And so some people may say, Oh, it's similar to the Indies and stuff, but you're almost kind of taught to, Hey, Hey, pull back some, Hey, or this person's not going to know how to do X, Y, and Z, but you're like, well, then why are they here? You know, um, I used to have to tell the girls, Hey, stop being nice. Stop being nice. You, you practice something. If they're not getting it, then Hey, like I shouldn't have to tell you what a tilt world arm drag is. You know, like that's kind of like what they were and we were battling at the time, dealing with having all those darks. Um, mind you, like the stuff that I had, like with Red and with Kylan, like that leading, I guess, leading into uh, the stuff with Diamante, uh, working with them made things a hell of a lot easier because now you have other people who's going to like back you up and not make it seem like, Oh, you're an asshole for saying, Hey, I'm not going to allow you to do this because we're, we're, we're the stars here. But you, when you're wrestling for a company that like as big as AW, you don't want to feel that way towards wrestling. You want to be able to say, Hey, I'm putting everything I have on the line and putting my whole heart into it because I know that this person is going to be able to match me in skill. And most of the time when we were doing those dark matches, it, that was not the case. Like it was just a bunch of un- unhappiness. Um, I mean, but, but outside of that, um, like I said, my, yeah, tagging with Red and Kylan, those are one of my, uh, my favorites. Um, to answer some of those, these questions that I've gotten over the past couple of weeks, I'm just going to round them off, uh, before I get to the last little bit of this. Um, one, I changed my hair because, uh, the doctor said that the long hair was messing up my neck. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> all that hair slanging was not good. So of course I had to completely change it. Um, to my favorite all time favorite moment of AEW was, uh, when Snoop visit visited and, and you know why, uh, <laughs> that right there is, is, is top, top tier. Now, all I need is like Cheech and Chong and Wiz Khalifa and I got the 
I got the, the Trinity right there. Trinity as far as groups goes. Um, let's see. My greatest accompli accomplishment, I guess, behind the scenes would be the start of the Smith Circle. Like I told you, I'm the catalyst. Um, you know, I gave everybody good, good high vibes, good high times. Um, and as far as the most emotional, I, I would say that it was my talk with Kenny right before, um, the ending of the, uh, the Diamante storyline. He came up to me and he's like, Hey, did you, uh, did you, did you uh, come up with this, this storyline? And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he came up with it. And he proceeded to just honestly just thank me, like, sincerely from the bottom of his heart. He's like, thank you for everything you've done for the division and um, just all your hard work and for doing this. It's really, like, helped the, you know, the ladies feel more comfortable being able to give storylines and stuff like that. And honestly, in that moment, that's... I, I felt... A completion because prior to him even saying that in a in a private meeting I explained to TK that I didn't want to resign because my peace was being disrupted um, and if anybody knows me or it, you know yourself if anything is disrupting your peace it's time to let it go and I know sometimes it may be scary maybe hard but it's time to let it go and but when Kenny said that it was just like a um like a like the circle coming to an end um, because Kenny and I would just bump heads sometimes, you know, throughout my tenure at AEW, but just to end it on that note, just felt, it felt good. It felt, um, felt wonderful to end it on a place where we didn't see eye to eye, but now we're finally, we're there. Um, but yeah, so uh, my heart just kind of just stopped being in it, I guess for reason why I left AEW. Um, I just felt like there was a, a lot of things and I've told them and I told them in my exit interview as well, that there was a lot of things with that company that, um, need to change. And I know that, um, fans of the company don't take criticism well sometimes, like just certain ones, but, um, but know this, that, um, this is somebody just from the, from the inside that, um, the structure is a little off, you know, like it's, it's fine to be loose, but I, I'm a, I like to, I like to have a little bit more structure. Like I felt like it, the women shouldn't have gone through everything they went through just to get, you know, on TV, just to get time. You know, you're signed to this big company. You want time. You know, all these men are getting time, but, you know, the women weren't getting anything, you know, um, or you're not putting people on TV because, oh, more people have come in. OK, there's more people coming in, but you don't have enough product for all these people. So now you have all these people sitting around having two, three minute matches on dark. That's that doesn't keep me happy. You know, money, just shoveling money is not going to keep a person happy. We've seen it time and time again, you know, especially in a place that there's not enough space, you know, there's, there's, there's no writers in a sense, you know, cause not everybody's comfortable writing their own things. And that's, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And that's exactly what that environment is. Closed mouths do not get fed. If you are shy, if you don't know how to write, if you are not creative, you, mm -mm, 
it's not going to work unless they want it to work for you. And, and that's that's one of, one of their biggest issues outside of one of their biggest issues is diversity. And, you know, I do not like to beat around the bush when it comes to diversity, when it comes to my people, there is just not a, there's, there's nobody, there's no representation truly. And when there is representation, it does not come across in the black community as genuine at all. And I feel like there's, I don't know why everybody's just so either afraid to accept it or either afraid to say it, but it's just, it's just not a good look. What what happens is, is you have this wonderful company that treats people like family, but there's nobody that looks like me that is represented at the top. They're not in the room with them. You know, they're not helping to, you know, not necessarily influence decisions, but also be there to explain, you know, why, hey, why certain, certain slang, why this certain word shouldn't be said, why, you know, why this, that, and there, there's no one else who can explain our culture except for us, who can explain our experience except for us. And just the fact that, like, I knew something was up when my daughter, she loves watching wrestling. She would watch AW all the time. And seldomly watched WWE. She, no, she was not a necessarily a fan of the product unless Dad was on TV, which of course you know stopped happening after they botched the Hurt business. But uh, <laughs> she started saying, "Mommy, there's nobody that looks like me on AEW." And she's like, "Mommy, there's nobody that looks like Daddy." And I was like, "Well," and then she started watching WWE because she saw. Bianca, she saw, you know, Biggie, like she was seeing people, she saw herself represented. And if if that wasn't a light bulb on in the click, hell, I was like, you know what, you're you're absolutely right. And I don't I don't have a explanation. You know? Like, it's twenty twenty one. Why are there people saying that, oh, it'll take three years for AEW to have a black champion? This is a scripted sport, sweetheart. It should not take that long. If you have been watching WWE for 50 plus years, then you know what not to do. Go ahead, sugar. Hey, what's going on, Sewell? I just want to say uh, I've enjoyed the conversation and uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I hope you're doing well. Um, I respect your honesty. And yeah, listen, I've had the same complaints as well about like, like I, I don't think it's it's it, I don't think the, the diversity aesthetically is the problem. I think in all companies, uh, I think diversity in like what can be said creatively and all of that is also the issue. Because if you like like in K in kayfabe of storylines, right? There's been so much misogyny, racism, homophobia that existed mm-hmm. even within storylines that like no character. It's like the MCU where like no characters can acknowledge what's gone on so like you're, i don't think change is ever going to happen unless you don't bring it up in storyline about the racist history that has existed in professional wrestling if that makes sense yes yeah, yeah i just understand you're saying that we cannot move forward unless we stop talking about the races uh, history basically the races tendencies well well I, I, like for example seth rollins for example right he he, he right now in his in his storyline, he will keep quoting 
Fred Hampton lines, right? Just a simple thing of Big E not being able to go out there and going, hey, as a black person, you're hijacking uh, Fred Hampton lines. Like, you can't even even say, like, even like something simple as that where, like, like you can't make the baby face be more interesting. Everybody wants, like, oh, everybody wants the racist heels, the misogynist heels, but you can never have, like, a good revolutionary, like, good guy that's gonna, like, change the minds of people with their promos, essentially. Like, everything is, limit everything is limited in what can be said in, in my personal opinion, but well, I feel that uh, I feel that you can have that there, and it's very evident in Darius Lockhart. He is the revolutionary. Oh yeah, no, no, D Darius is Darius is really good, and I, I'm hoping that I, I saw his promo on AEW Dark, and I hope he actually gets signed. Like, like, like for example, there's some people who I guess have connection to the company who are like now even saying, oh, well, Darius L L Lockhart, he's uh, not genuine because he's not authentic to what's going on. But I'm like, if his character is playing that, like, I, like, I don't know the guy, and, 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 I, and I hope he's authentic, whatever. But if there's a character that's doing that, I have no issue with the character being a pro-revolutionary guy. But then like, there's always other people that kind of try to shut it down and then and 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 then and then i get confused like i'm like well let's try to support this guy because other black people online are saying that he's not authentic so then i don't know if i should be supporting him because everyone's saying that so i i get confused of like who to support because uh like you know the other people that will like kind of talk down on both those people online if that makes sense yes okay we well one um understand that it you know opinions are like assholes everybody has one of them um two i don't know who black people you are following but the ones that i follow love darius um and and i do know him from way back when you know he was still wet behind the ears that this is completely a hundred percent him okay. now i have no i have no issues with uh people representing themselves in a genuine light but my issue is that there's no representation at all, not as much as there should be. Exactly. No, I agree. Oh, oh, sweetheart, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, cool. get to these next Thank people real quick. Thank You're you. so welcome. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, how you been? Miss you. Good, I just I've wanted to tell you, you know, have a good new year that's coming up in a few hours. Give my love to the family, and I owe you. I owe you another coquito. I know you I sure do. do. Happy New Year, sweetheart. Yes, yes, you do. And you know, <laughs> I have nothing but love for you and support anything you're doing from this point forward. You know that. You my family still. So of course. I don't see you weekly on uh, on AEW no more, but it's all good. I still speak to you daily on Twitter. But for sure, for sure, I owe you a coquito. I'm finding a way to – I'm figuring out the logistics on how to send it out to you guys. Because okay. there's a lot of people that want down south. So I got to either get out there or mail it out there. I got you. All right. But you have a good one, all right? I just want to send you some You love, too, right? Matt, baby. You too. Be well, okay? You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Boom, boom. Go ahead, sugar. Oh. Okay. 
Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get this person in for this next call. Go ahead. Hey, well, so sorry. Just getting hey. used to the app. Send the love again. Appreciate you uh, giving us uh, quite the opportunity to hear your experience. So we're just sending love from the Wrestling Wild Black podcast. I have a question for you in order, because mm-hmm. this is something that we've debated on our podcast, and um, I've had three and four hour conversations in terms of what AEW can do um, to, and just the wrestling injury as a whole, we know there's historical context of everything. Um, what about a diversity council of specific people who have that veteran leadership like yourself and a Mark Henry, and maybe even like a jazz or like a, you know, folks who have that experience and have that ability who have worked in different organizations like yourself and being part of an executive council. We know WWE has so-called Hollywood writers, but why can't AEW, there should be something proposed in which there is a diversity council where there is authentic and not pandering type voices put on AEW. Cause I struggle with that as well with the historical context of, um, you know, racism and just lack of representation in wrestling. I think you would be someone who would be a force in that world. Do you think that's something that you could to be involved with or what, what do you think could be done? Thanks. for. Oh, no, 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 no problem. And, uh, in all honesty, I feel like we should be past that point. Now, I'm, I mean, I'm all down for, um, having people who are have the ability to speak up but um it's just a matter of are they listening you know there should already be somebody up there who is speaking but um if there were something like that i think that that would be a start in order to actually get some action done because like like you said like i'm, I'm exhausted with the pandering and just the disingenuousness of it like it just feels like okay use this person for a little bit okay they've they've done what you needed them to do what's next you know thanks for your feedback we love you so much and we'll support you in in all things that you do so peace and love and and oh thank you so much (laughs) jay shell hi bestie hello love how are you doing today? I am doing blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm amazing. I just did like my yearly reflection. I reflected on everything that happened this year. I sent out like a lot of gratitude and everything like that. So I'm feeling very confident going into the new year. Hey, amen. I wanted to ask you one thing. Can you share any goals that you have for 2022? I'm just very interested. Whew, okay. Um, my, my first goal is to have well health. Now, um, I guess most people want to be wealthy and most people want to be healthy, but I ask for well health because it's a combination of both. Yeah. And um, well health also deals with the soul and with the mind. And, and I just want to be free. I want my uh, my third eye can to continue to be open, widened and grow stronger and stronger. And with that, I'll have the world. Wow. That's an amazing goal. Mine are not that um, <laughs> spectacular. Or <laughs> I'm just super excited to see everything that you have in store. You know, I'm going to follow you every step along the way. So I just want to say thank you. And I hope you have a great year. Oh, thank you. I hope you have a great year too. Thank you. Joey. 
Uh, hey, uh, yeah. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you so much for doing this podcast and you know uh, speaking out about you know kind of all the things that you've been through. I, I just wanted to say like I'm a I'm a TV writer. I work in the entertainment industry, and a lot of what you're saying is really we're going through a lot of the same thing with just like in Hollywood. I mean, I feel like what you're talking about is specifically like it's like regardless of whether people at the top are well intentioned or not. It's like if you're not a part of a marginalized community, you're just gonna have blind spots and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just want to say like, thank you so much for speaking up about this. Cause that's like, that's how we're making changes in the entertainment industry is just people being loud about it and people like, you know, like just illuminating these blind spots for people in charge to like keep this stuff in mind and also to like, you know, put marginalized folks in decision-making positions. So yeah, just, I just wanted to say props. You're doing great things and oh, thanks for being thank a great you. wrestler. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Joey. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Okay. Um, Yes. So, like I said, this, um, I believe that the company is making better strides than it was beforehand, but there's just, you know, a couple things that need to be fixed. And um, I like, like Joey said, you just have to be able to call people out and say what's, because everything's not perfect. Um, and I hope that they listen to this with an open heart and not just, oh, she's just saying this because of X, Y, and Z, but I genuinely want them to succeed. I mean, this is this art form. I love, I love art. I love to be creative and I love wrestling and I just want it to succeed. And I want the people in it to succeed if they are genuine people and, um, and I want, I want WWE to succeed. I just, I just want wrestling to flourish and I don't want it to be a long forgotten, like Tartarian type of sport to where it's like, Oh, in the olden days we used to wrestle, you know, and we used to have the WWE and just like it's folklore. Um, so I want n- nothing but the best, but I also want the change and the application to happen. I want with promises you made to be diverse, I want to see that, you know, and not just with black people, you know, I would love to see a dark skinned Latina or, you know, or Latino or Hispanic or just something, you know, or more Asians. I feel like Asians do not, do not get the love that, you know, Asians, the Indians, they just don't, they just don't. It's just, it is such a big gap like, I, I hate the fact that I turn on the TV and I'm just seeing the same stuff over and over again, over and over again. It's like, it's like you're in a Truman show and it's just the same stuff. So hopefully uh, they get the message. But um, me leaving, honestly, was no was not bad. There's no bad, bad blood between TK and I. Um, it was just, I just don't like my piece being disrupted. I just didn't you know, like certain things and, you know, other things that I would just honestly just take to my grave, but that diversity, that's, that's what matters. Um, and I wish everyone on here. Well, I pray that you don't go into this new year with old business, leave that stuff in the past. Uh, whatever anybody tried to, to get on you, to shake you and to move you and to destroy you. You need to shake that off and walk into the next year with grace and with peace and with comfortability 
with your head held high, knowing that you are everything and you are more. So I thank you guys for chilling with me and listening to my story. And I wish nothing but peace, happiness, and all that other shit.